this week on the Southgate Student Ministry Podcast, we start a new series called Resolution. As we start out the year, our goal is to look at personal resolutions. Also with resolution, I think about screen size and how a different, smaller screen size can handle less resolution, but a bigger screen size can handle full resolution. This week, we start with Resolution 360, and we look at our personal self. Stick around and enjoy this week's lesson. Why will we be doing a series called Resolution? I'm sure that when you hear the phrase uh, resolution, you have a lot of things that come to your mind. Maybe the image on the screen gets on your nerves because um, it's pixelated, therefore low resolution. Maybe you think about New Year's resolution. All these things are in mind um, when I'm thinking, when I was trying to sit here and then say, okay, what would be a good thing for us to study? As we go into the year 2020, uh, which is, is just so exciting, um, what would be a study that would be beneficial for all of us? And I thought, well, it would be awesome if we could uh, you know, make goals to be ourselves, obviously a resolution. But also, I think about, um, for example, a YouTube video or when you go and buy a TV, uh, you look for the resolution, right? If you open up a YouTube video and it is on like the 360 resolution, you are miserable. You can't see anything. Um, it's awful. You try to get it up to that 1080 or possibly some videos I think have 4K now, which is really nice on YouTube. Uh, a lot of different things. Um, a lot of different screen resolutions. Now, here's the thing to think about. Different resolution sizes work on different screens. For example, this Apple Watch, the best resolution it can do, because it's an older one, is is like the 300 resolution. And so like you could put something higher on there, it's not gonna look any better than like 300 megapixels. It's gonna be very minimal. But if you were to take a screenshot on my watch, which it looks great on my watch, logos, the Chick-fil-A logo, when it pops up here saying my food is ready, looks fantastic, uh, for multiple reasons. Uh, But if you were to screenshot that and throw it up on the screen, it would look awful. Why? Because it's low resolution on a bigger screen, right? Everything is is based on the screen size. Everything um, matters when it comes to things like this. What we're going to do as we go through this series, um, over the next, and, and right now you're about to hear me talk about four weeks, it might get extended, which is why you saw it say winter 2020 because I don't know how far um, it could go. Welcome, Daniel, uh, to the fact. Um, how far it'll go, by the way, a reference back to the summer. Uh, but we could go a lot of different directions with it. Um, but the idea is going to be to look at different parts of the Lord's body, just like, like something that's a 360 resolution up to a 4K resolution is going to be beneficial on different types of scales. Um, and so we're going to look at all these different things and, and, and so, for example, this week, Resolution 360, we're going to focus on the individual, right? Something that's small, something that, that's compact and, and easy for us to see. Next week is Resolution 720, which is like that next level up, right? And so we're going to look at it, okay, you have your individual self and then like the individuals around you, trying to look at uh, who the body of Christ is in that area. Then we'll go to Resolution 1080 which will discuss the idea of the mission of the church in our community, right? So you can kind of see what we're doing here, starting here, getting a little bit bigger, and then we're expanding out. And then when we get to Resolution 4K, it's going to be focused on the mission for the whole world. 
the idea of, of where are we going um, with this message? What do we need to, what resolutions, and then, so we talk about those different resolutions, the different sizes, the different amounts of people we're gonna reach, that type of thing. But then, what we're going to do is we are going to go through and think about ideas of what resolutions can we make to achieve those goals. What is something that you're going to be able to do as, as yourself that can help achieve the goals that we talk about in class, that we study in each thing? And we're gonna do that by splitting into different uh, small groups of people for hopefully 15 minutes. Um, at the end of each class, you have small group leaders that, that I've uh, asked to, to do this. Um, and I might rotate them, I might let them stay in, I might let you vote them in or out of office. Um, but uh, these small group leaders that will get to lead the discussion um, for your uh, time. And, and by the way, if you're in that discussion group, uh, give those, treat them like they're me, um, or like they're Richard Ferris, or John Thomas, or whoever it is you would respect. Um, treat them like that person, no matter who they are. Um, and so that's going to be what we're going to do. But tonight we're looking at this idea of resolution 360. I turned this off. Um, resolution 360, uh, which is going to look at us as the individual. And I hope tonight that as we start out 2020, that you're in a good spot spiritually. I hope you're able to say, okay, when I look at myself, I feel confident, I feel good. I, I, you know, when I think about my spiritual life, I don't feel like I'm lacking a lot right now. I hope that's how you feel. Um, but I know that there are people in this room who probably would look at their spiritual life and you would say, yeah, my spiritual life is not exactly where it needs to be. My spiritual life is, is down, it's in the dumps, it, it, it is trash. Here's the thing, I'm sure there are several of you in this room who would say, I really don't care about my spiritual life to look at it in one way or the other as a good spiritual life or a bad spiritual life, it just doesn't matter to me. Um, I'm just here because my mom and dad are making me be here. I think that there's probably every single one of those people that I just described sitting in this room right now. What I want us to be doing, I hope you have your Bibles. Go ahead and be turning to Judges chapter 6. If you don't have a Bible, I'm going to pass some out because uh, I think that would be awesome. Daniel, let's have your name on it. Do you want it? Take some over, and then they're going to sit there and say, Lord, please save us. We're sorry we forgot you. 
Um, and so that's where we are. And God eventually says in verse 10, um, he's upset, uh, but he's going to say, all right, what I'm going to do is I'm going to deliver you from the hands of Midian. We're going to pick up in verse 11 um, and read just a couple verses and, and kind of figure out some things about Gideon here. Starting in verse 11. Now the angel of the Lord came and sat under uh, the terebinth at Ophrah, not Oprah, Ophrah, which belongs to Joash the Aberzite, while his son Gideon was beating out wheat in the winepress to hide it from the Midianites. So here's Gideon, he's in the winepress, he's beating out this wheat, doesn't want the Midianites to find uh, out, out that he's making food, he'd have to give some to them, that's annoying, so that's where we are. Verse 12, and the angel of the Lord appeared to him, that is Gideon, and said to him, the Lord is with you, O mighty man of valor. And Gideon said to him, please, sir, if the Lord is with us, why then has all this happened to us? And where are all his wonderful deeds uh, that our fathers recounted to us, saying, Did not the Lord bring us up from Egypt? But now the Lord has forsaken us and given us into the hands of Midian. And I want us to stop here for just a second. Because do we realize what Gideon is doing in this moment? The angel of the Lord comes up to Gideon and says, Gideon, man of that, you mighty man of valor, you're wonderful, Gideon. And, and the Lord is, is calling you. And, and Gideon straight up to this angel pretty much has a roast session on God. He trashes on God in this moment. He says, oh, you mean the God that, that we've heard so much about, that our forefathers talked about helping us escape from Egypt? That God, the one that's letting us be oppressed here by Midian? Okay, whatever, angel. I, I get it. That's, that's fine. Uh, yeah, that's who God is to me. And pretty much sits here and, and says, yeah, God's not doing anything anymore. And I wonder if Gideon is doubting. See, because you can sit here and ask yourself, what is Gideon's faith level at this point? Where is Gideon in his personal walk with God? I can almost read this and read his tone, right? Please, sir, if the Lord is with us, why does all this happen to us? Gideon has totally lost his faith. When he looks around and, and, and sees what's going on around him, he doesn't see God at all his life at this point. As we go throughout this class and go through examining ourselves, I want to ask, are you at this point in your faith? Because Gideon was at a point where he was ready to look at an angel and say, nah, bro, God's not doing anything. Have you seen what he's let happen to us? Have you seen what's going on in the world around us? God's not doing anything for us. And I hope as we start this new year that you're taking time to reflect. And I know that's like a super cliche thing to do at the beginning of the year, um, to take time to do that. But I hope that you are. And you're looking at yourself and saying, who am I? And if you are at this point in your faith, you can probably understand where Gideon is coming from. If you're at this point in your faith where you feel like, yeah, God's not a part of my life. Uh, he hasn't been a part of my life for a while now. I don't know where he is. I've been in struggles, and he hasn't been present. Uh, I've gone through tough times, and I've asked him for help, and he doesn't seem like he's there. I think you can probably understand where Gideon is at this point. And if an angel were to come to you right now and say, Hey, you mighty person of valor, 
the Lord is with you, how would you react? Would your ears perk up? Would you say, like, sweet, let's go, let's roll, I'll have the Lord with me? Would you care that an angel was even there? Or would you respond like Gideon, like with a get out of my face, God isn't with me, he did things back in the day, he's not going to do them. Now, look at the shape I'm in. I want us to keep going, because I think that we can all have uh, one of those answers if the angel were to come ask us the same question. Verse 14, And the Lord turned to him and said, Go in this might of yours and save Israel from the hand of Midian. Um, do I not send you? And he said to him, Please, Lord, how can I save Israel? Behold, my clan is the weakest of Manasseh, and I am the least in my father's house. So here the angel's like, hey, Gideon, you're going to do great things. You're going to be wonderful, all that type of thing. And Gideon is continuously in the state of denial saying, look, I'm like a Manasseh, the weakest of all the tribes. Uh, out of Manasseh, like my clan, my family, the weakest of all the families. And I'm like the weakest in the family, which probably, by the way, was a little bit of hyperbole. Uh, which is like he's exaggerating. He's probably just sitting there spouting things off to make himself like, nah, I have no hope. After all, this family has servants, so he's certainly not the lowest in um, the family. But he's going on and just making excuse after excuse after excuse to say, yeah, God's not doing anything for me. Verse 16, the angel is going to speak back up. And the Lord said to him, on the angel of the Lord, because the Lord is speaking through the angel. But I will be with you, and you shall strike the Midianites as one man. As we look at ourselves right now, as we examine who we are, if you are sitting in this room right now, and you feel like you're in the place that Gideon was here when the angel approaches Gideon while he's beating out the wheat in the wine press, if you feel like you're at this point, are we going to be willing to listen to the angel say the words that he just said? Say the words, uh, but I will be with you and you will strike the Mennonites as one man. Because, and I can speak from experience because I've sat in this place and I'm sure so many of us in this room have sat in this place of Gideon where you feel like God is not with you, where you feel like, feels like he's not with you. The last thing you want to do in this moment is listen to what God has to say. The last thing you want to do is hear that God is with you because you feel like he's not. Yet I've never known God to be a liar. And this angel is going to come to Gideon and say, look, the Lord is with you. And you're going to defeat the Midianites. If we're sitting in this room and we're in a place where we feel like God isn't anywhere near us, the way to take this next step as we're talking about our, our personal self, as developing ourselves as who we are, listen to the words of the angel, I will be with you, and to put it in like basic terms for like us in our everyday life, and you're going to go do great things for me. If you're in the place of Gideon, it's time to let the Lord take you to the place you need to be. And if you feel like right now, like, I, I don't even know if I can find the Lord, I hope that you reach out to someone in this room, to me, to anyone, to help you find him that will sit down with you 
and spend the time. I want us to keep going because what we're going to see here is that Gideon's faith is going to begin to grow. Uh, over the next few verses, we're not going to read them right now. The faith of God uh, is, we're going to see the faith of Gideon increase. The angel's going to show him some signs um, about some things. That's going to be what takes place. Gideon's like, whoa, those are some crazy signs. And he starts to grow in faith. Uh, I want us to go over, let's flip over to verse 25. So scroll down there or flip over. I hope you're flipping over with the Bible, um, which would be awesome. I want us to talk about the idea of are you hiding your faith? I'm going to read starting in verse 25. That night, the Lord said to him, this is after Gideon was like, all right, I see you. You're doing some things, and maybe you're not so fake. Uh, take your father's bull, this is what the Lord is saying, and, and the second bull, seven years old, and pull down the altar of Baal that your father has, and cut down the Asherah that is beside it, and build an altar to the Lord your God on top of the stronghold here with stones laid in due order, then take the second bull and offer it as a burnt offering with the wood of the Asherah that you shall cut down. So Gideon took ten men of his servants, see here's where we see he has servants, and did as the Lord told, had told him, but because he was too afraid of his family and the men of the town to do it by day, he did it by night. Gideon has developed a faith. It's amazing. Think about where Gideon was earlier that day. Earlier, just less than 24 hours previous, Gideon is in this moment where he's like, yeah, God did something like Egypt. God doesn't exist do stuff in our lives anymore and here he is he gets told by this angel hey go tear down the family statues of Baal tear down the altars tear everything down and rip it out and he's like all right I'm gonna do it and he goes out there and because he's afraid of his family he does it by night but his faith is growing when you evaluate your faith tonight I know you're, you're kind of picking up on the idea that we're building up to like the mountaintop faith here. Um, if you're looking at yourself tonight, you're like, okay, I'm not where I need to be, and I'm not in a terrible place. Maybe I'm sitting here where I have faith, but I really want to do things by night. You're not ready to do it publicly, because yeah, you believe in God, but when it comes to your faith being public, like, you talking to someone about Jesus, like, sitting out a worship service where no one is singing, choosing not to be a part of, like, any sin of any type at school, like, name what goes on. You guys have walked the hallways of schools. You know what people are doing. Um, it's easy to be a part of it. Maybe it's you walking out of a friend group that's causing you to sin. Maybe it's you um, changing who you are. Maybe it's serving people, like, because you love Jesus instead of serving people because it gets you like beta club hours or any type of service hours. Maybe you're just not ready for that level of commitment. But maybe you have that spark of faith in you that's willing to do something profound, like tear down the altar of Baal. And even though maybe you're at a point where you're going to you're looking at your faith and you're like, I want to do something so bad, I encourage you, because when I read this story, I don't look as, at Gideon right here as someone who's like awesomely brave. I look at him as someone who's ready to do something for God, but it's not ready to yet go to the mountaintop. But I want us to see where Gideon gets.
by the end of this passage, by the, by the middle of his story, really, just a short time later, as we continue on this idea of where are we in our walk with Jesus as we're making resolutions with ourselves to start the year. I want to ask, are you on the mountaintop of faith? Because I want to look at this one other moment that takes place in Judges chapter 7. What we're going to see here is, is God has said, hey, bro, you're going to take out the Midianites, which is great. That's uh, what Gideon is, is going to do. Um, and, and what the Bible does here is it states, by the way, the army of Midian is full of, uh, it says their army was like locusts. So I don't know if you guys have ever been in a crowd where you're like, that's a bunch of locusts. Like, probably don't think about it like locusts. But, like, that's an army of people. Like, it's a lot of people. You know, if you ever go to a game, a, a big football game or anything like that, it's like, wow, that's a lot of people. When you, if, if you've ever been to Knoxville for a Vols game, you're around the corner, it's like, there's a lot of people down in that area for that part of the game. Anywhere you go where there's a big crowd, you know what the feeling is. When it describes someone as locusts, it's like, it's a lot of creatures down there, and they're human beings. And in this case, it's a huge army. So what we're about to see uh, Gideon attack is this massive army that's really scary um, and very armed. And I had a children's book, and they were all shirtless, which was also very frightening. Um, like a kid's Bible. Uh, the illustrations, they all were stabbing each other. It was frightening. Um, but we're going to go ahead and let's read um, in verse 19 uh, together. So Gideon and the hundred men who were with him came to the outskirts of the camp at the beginning of the middle watch. And they had just set the watch. And they blew the trumpets and smashed the jars that were in their hands. Think about what Gideon does here. An army of locusts? An army that, that in this valley, there, there, there are just so many of them. And Gideon says, all right, here's 32,000 guys. We didn't read this part. But Gideon goes to God and says, look, Lord, here's 32,000 guys. It's probably not enough to take on that army of Midian. And God let, says, let's get it down. And God gets all the way down to 300 people. And they go to the top of this this. Uh, place this valley. They go to the top of it and they they smash um, they smash vases and blow trumpets. They wake up this army that's in this middle. This army of locusts. There's 300 of these guys. They're easily going to be killed. Verse 20. Then the three companies blew the trumpets and broke the jars. They held in their left hands uh, the torches and in their right hands the trumpets to blow. And they cried out, "A sword for the Lord and for Gideon." Every man stood in his place around the camp, and all the army ran and cried and bled. When they blew the 300 trumpets, the Lord set every man's sword against his comrade, again against all in the army, and the army fled far away towards a lot of really difficult cities to name. You want to talk about a developed faith. A faith that didn't take long to get from, from, from the beginning to fully developed, because Gideon said, you know what I'm going to do, God? I'm done letting anything be in my, I'm done letting myself say, oh yeah, we need an army of 32,000 guys, and maybe we have a shot. I'm down to understand 
that if I want my personal faith to be at its max potential, if I want to be on this mountaintop of faith where I'm sitting here ready to say, Lord, yes, I'm ready to do everything and anything for you. Ask me to do anything and I will do it for you. If you want to have that in your life, you have to understand that God is going to do anything with nothing. If you feel like you're sitting here right now and God doesn't exist, let him walk into your life. If you're sitting there and he's walked into your life and, and, and you're like, wow, he's in my life and I'm not confident about doing things. Maybe I'm going to do them behind closed doors or, or secretly not in front of people. Start that process. It won't be long until you're standing there with 300 people taking on an army of locusts. But tonight I want to ask you, which of the categories you fall in? We looked at three points in the life of Gideon, all within a very short span. I want to ask you early on, Gideon, are you uh, the Gideon that doesn't have any faith? Are you the one that will pretty much mock God because you don't feel like he's with you? Do you feel like you have a faith that's growing, but you aren't quite, quite ready to show it to the world yet? Or are you full-blown in love with being a child of God? The goal for all of us is to be at the point where we can say, you know what, let's go with my 300 people, or probably even 100 people, or maybe just myself, in a battle versus thousands. Tonight, as we look at ourselves more clearly, it's time to set the resolution to be better. To take that next step so you can eventually be on the top of the mountain. Thank you so much for listening to this week's lesson. Be sure to hit the subscribe button so that every time we post a new lesson, you will get a notification on your phone. Thank you so much for listening. God bless you and have a wonderful day.